0: Well, what's up everyone. Welcome to one more beer this time with Riggs and Johnny, just like the first one. So one more beer number two is starting now. We wanted to put together a few more thoughts this week since NHL free agency started on Wednesday. So we're getting together later in the week to discuss some of the moves, good and bad, what we think about them and such. But before we get to that, we mentioned on episode 100, and if you haven't listened to that yet, please go listen to our milestone episode 100. It's great. Great stories. Lots of laughs with our buddy Ross. It was an awesome time. Uh, During that episode, we mentioned that we are part of the Old Fat Ball Guys Summer Tournament, charity tournament benefiting Platoon 22, a veterans services organization looking to prevent veterans suicide, please go to OFBGHockey.com or BeersInTheLot.com slash charity to find out how you can support the cause. All right, let's get into free agency, Johnny. What do you got?
1: I'll do this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't mind the Matt Murray deal in terms of like the dollar amount. But like they're going to end up paying him 3.5. Jack Campbell left for five. And all the things that came out was they sent him a very low ball offer at the beginning of the year, and that was it. So it's kind of like you, you rode with that guy all year. Subtract whatever you want in the playoffs. I thought he did okay. I think it's more they didn't score on Vassie, so whatever. Right. But, but now I get the feeling because he's hiring or he he brought in more Sue people. All the people he promoted to assistant GMs are all, let's just say Kyle Dubas people, not in a bad way. I almost get the sense. And maybe this is just me like spitballing here with you, but like, do you get the sense that Kyle Dubas kind of thinks he's the smartest guy in the room? Like he, he's seeing something with Matt Murray so he can bring him in and he, he let Jack go and he made the NAS trade at this point. So like, there's a lot of stuff that's, let's just, Call it for what it is. He's essentially attached like the Titanic to his leg at this point, right?
0: Yeah, I think um coaches and and GMs in the NHL, they're destined to get fired. So uh the, the longer that this goes for Toronto, regardless of what he does, and I said it on the Discord, he's just going through the GM checklist of things that you do as a GM for an NHL club. So he's, you know, signed his big contracts, right, with the big three. Um, He's now made this big uh, change in the direction, in the crease. Um, They've done some things where they decided they needed to be grittier um, on the back end and in the bottom six, and he's done some things there. Um, he hasn't fired Sheldon Keefe yet, so he hasn't done his his coaching, uh, hire fire, which is probably the last straw for him. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think he only has two things left on that checklist you know, hire fire Sheldon Keefe and then uh, get fired himself at this point, unless you know, they make it to a conference final or a Stanley cup final and have some success, then, you know, he'll kind of ride that out, um, until the team is not very good anymore. So I, I don't know. I don't know about his ego. I I think, um, he is definitely one of the GMs that was at the forefront of the analytics revolution over the last, you know, five, 10 years. That's certain. Uh, you mentioned he he's bringing in more of his his uh, his buddies from the Sioux. You know where he had success. Uh, definitely pushing analytics and how they were building the team there and how they were playing and how they were training and all that good stuff. I, I don't know about all that.
1: Well, and I guess to like tie it into kind of the let's just say the Johnny Hockey. Uh, you know, kind of contract in Columbus where it that unfortunately, it was something I think Calgary never had because they offered him everything. They gave him the max money in eight years and whatnot. And he clearly wanted to go back east. I know his wife. I think she's from the Philly area as well. I know Johnny Hockey's from the Philly area. So he clearly wanted to go back to the East Coast. And he ended up in almost, you know, the heartland of America and Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> That's interesting because a few years ago, Stamkos ended up staying, you know, in, in Tampa. Turned out all right for him. JT left the Islanders after a kind of long courtship where it was him and Haw, him and Haw, and he left for nothing. And now Johnny hockey left for nothing. So you got to think, okay. Austin, Nylander and Mitch Marner. I'll have, Mitch has three years left on his deal. Nylander and Austin have two. Right. This season's going to burn up one of those years. So what, like, I'm kind of intrigued now. Like, do they just walk for nothing? Or does Kyle have to really, like, start looking at that seriously? I'm willing to bet with Austin Matthews, like, they're going to lay some groundwork with his agent. Or at least kind of get a gauge on where he's at. at. Because you don't want him to leave for nothing, obviously and you know the Johnny hockey situation clearly like we saw it wasn't about money i like the fact i as a pittsburgh fan i hate columbus cuz they always play really well but like columbus i'm like wow have a day that's awesome like now it's <laughs> almost like a you could almost call like there are going to be guys running around going like i want to play with johnny hockey in columbus oh absolutely and the tr- and you think like columbus it's not that bad of a travel schedule compared to like what it would be out west or even in Calgary, obviously, so like that's going to be easier. That man, it was. I was like kind of shocked. Columbus, like I didn't even hear Columbus. It was more Philly. They couldn't do anything with the cap space. Jersey, there are rumblings about Jersey, but I was kind of like, yeah, Jersey. Like I feel like he wants to get in the playoffs. Columbus could be interesting because like they have some pieces there already, and the goaltending's never been an issue in Columbus. Almost like how it has been for a billion years in Nashville. Like. Goaltending and defense was never their problem. It's always scoring goals. Johnny Hockey just solved that because he's going to make everybody he plays with better in general. So that's cool. And uh, tell me about the Caps rigs. What happened with them? (laughs) So
0: uh, I actually like a lot of the moves because I don't want to talk about Darcy Kemper yet. We'll talk about that in a second. I like Connor Brown. I like Connor Brown. I like uh, giving Matt Irwin um some more time. So they made a lot of moves that weren't the flashy sort of, you know, high highly rated free agent signing. They they just kind of got some solid players locked up for some time. Um I actually really like giving Marcus Johansson another year uh to kind of shore up the bottom six. Um, I, I think that's a good deal. That one almost feels like we're getting the band back together. A little bit. Maybe. A little I, bit. I don't know. If they were going to do that, they would have sold the farm and gone after Burakovsky, right?
1: True, yeah. I agree.
0: That kind of thing. And, and I there was, uh, there was a thought in the back of my mind that they were going to make a move on him um, just because of that reason. So the goalie situation, I'm actually pretty happy about as a fan. If you, if you just go by some of the individual numbers, uh, Darcy Kemper is absolutely an upgrade against Ilya Samsonov and Vitek Banachek, who were both sub-900, say, percentage goalies last season. Um, now, you could say, well, that's because Kemper plays played for the Colorado Avalanche, who are possession dynamos, and they don't let you have the puck. Well, if we go look at high danger save percentage, Kemper's numbers are very good. They're in the mid 800s where Samsonov and um and Fanachek were below 800. You're definitely getting an upgrade in the starters crease. Uh and then they went and got Charlie Lindgren and I I don't mind that uh to be the backup but The question is going to be, can Kemper handle the workload? Because he's basically going to have to start all, but maybe a dozen games in a regular season. Um, And this is on a team that, again, you know, their their top six is aging. Their top six is also starting to have some... Uh, some critical injuries where they're going to be out for a long time. I mean, Wilson's going to be out for a while. We talked about Backstrom in episode 100 where he may not even play again ever. With all that going on, are you throwing Kemper into a situation where now he's really got to carry a bulk of the workload for a team that may not be able to support him as as well?
1: Yeah, and I... The only issue I ever had with Kemper, and it's nothing against him and is cause like some of the numbers are there for him, like the high danger, uh, save percentage and a few other numbers, you're like, wow, that you know, there's a decent goaltending here. And even when he was in Arizona, but the thing that like I keep thinking about, and I brought it up a few times in Discord and I've said it, like Colorado was able to overcome somewhat average goaltending. And you hear a lot of the pundits out there like, Well, if Darcy Kemper can win a cup in Colorado, it's like, all right, I get it. But like, (laughs) I'm not saying like any of the goalies we play with could have played for Colorado. And I'm not saying even half of the NHL goalies in the NHL could have played for Colorado and the same result would have happened. But Colorado was able to like mask up or cover up or adjust for a lot of the, let's just call it average that Darcy Kemper was last year. I mean, Francis as well, but still like he played a little better, I think.
0: Yeah, his numbers were a little bit better in, in more uh, limited time, right? But, but Kemper in the regular season, in 57 games, he posted a 9-2-1. Yeah, he was
1: totally fine.
0: Which, if you, if you look at the averages, if your goalie is above an, a nine one zero, 0 on average, you're going to win the game if you could score a couple goals. So, you know, he's a starter. And I have said it before, I said it during the playoff run for Colorado and everything. He's a legit starter. Yes, was he a weakness on that Colorado team? Absolutely. So now he's going to a team that is not as strong and is not as young and not as fast and doesn't play a very good possession game. He's gonna his workload's gonna go up, both in quantity of minutes in games that he has to play because of the guy behind him. And in the number of shots that he's going to face. So that, that would be my concern, right? Is as that volume goes up, uh, in, in opposition shots, um, how is he going to respond now for just from a purely from like, a, uh, I don't know, like a, a psychological standpoint or a personal standpoint, you know, he, in his media availability, he's very happy. He's very happy to get a long-term deal, which he has not had in his career in the NHL. Right. So now he's got some stability. He can he can be in DC for five years. He can move here. He can live here, you know, and 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 all of that good stuff. Maybe that goes a long way for him. Maybe that helps him elevate because he, he has that stability from a from a personal life standpoint. I don't know. I mean that's all that's all speculation. Yeah, and the
1: in the east is somewhat I'm not saying it's open, open, but it, it's it's kind of like the Wild West a little bit. Like, I mean, we could say Tampa. You really could, because I mean, they still have Vassy and a good chunk of the whole, the core. I mean, they let some guys go, but they're going to be fine. They'll figure it out. But like the rest of the teams, I mean, there's a lot of teams in flux. Like,
0: so at the end of the day, though, up in Pittsburgh, Malkin yeah. got his Malkin got the four six six million freaking <laughs> baby. <laughs> after after we went off about it for about 45 minutes on on uh on our last episode
1: well i was kind of aggravated with the whole malkin thing because like i find it apparently that four-year deal was on the table on sunday and and he was leaking all and that's the other thing i don't know if it was the agent just doing it for kind of like fan sympathy or support and and also you never know if it's like true or not like it's reported but like who who freaking knows no one knows right Right. And that whole like, oh, they don't think I'm good enough. Oh. And then he ends up signing and it's like, okay. Like, great. Why do we even have to go through this freaking dance? Like he, he <laughs> waited till what was it? Like 11:50 on it was Tuesday night. Yeah. So like, whatever. I'm glad he signed, but also at the same time kind of like I don't see him being a cup contender. I hate saying that. With with Gino and Carter I mean stuff can happen I I fully am fine with it I like the Jan Ruta pick up like a decent big body to play in our decor I like Drake Kajula who they bought in for the bottom six and Josh Archibald I'm right. fine with those guys the Ricard Raquel I thought it was a lot of money for a guy who's like hasn't been healthy a lot hmm. but like whatever I kind of get what they're trying to do like trying to just maximize what they got. And I'm fine with that. But like, I also kind of think I'm like, they do have like nine or 10 million free next year. They could kind of spend. So that'll be good. And also PO Joseph, like he seems to now have earned a roster spot by de facto, which I was kind of like, we got to figure out what we're going to do with this guy. Like it's ridiculous.
0: But that it's that like, yeah, it's great. He's going to play, but I hate that for young players where, it's by default. He didn't technically yeah, like,
1: that, oh God, yeah.
0: Like why? Why not just, why not just play him? Why not just yeah. diff, like, all right, it's time. Like, come on, here we go. And,
1: and now they have to potentially move a defenseman. Cause there's going to be a log jam. So I'm kind of like, all right, now we got to move like a defenseman or two and see what happens. But like, what, what's your return? You're going to end up getting draft picks because you don't really want a roster player at this point. Cause forwards, you're pretty locked in. I would love to see him get rid of Jason Zucker, but like whatever. Yeah. (laughs) because He just hasn't been healthy. That's the thing with Jason Zucker. It's nothing. When he plays, he's effective. He doesn't put up points, but he's effective. So like whatever, but he plays well with Malkin. Like those two seem to have a thing. He does. My only issue with Zucker is it's 5.5. Yeah. You're eating up a lot of, you're eating up a lot of cap space for a cat. That's not putting up points. Yeah. That's a lot. Edmonton like Evander Kane actually has a less less on the table on his AEV than Jason Zucker and at least Evander Kane puts up points I will say that I hate yeah. Evander Kane but like whatever <laughs> but also the big news in Edmonton they got Jack Campbell thank God that's huge that's i for them. I'm happy for I'm more happy for Jack Campbell I'm happy for Connor McDavid did you do you think he like just like lit a cigar and like had a cocktail yesterday and just put no, his no. feet up? No,
0: he's training. I saw a video on the Instagram of him doing uh stick handling on the ice. He's he's training. He's not drinking right now.
1: Oh, I would have had a pop yesterday. <laughs> I absolutely would have had a pop. But but that's the thing. Like at least like, kind of funny. Remember like last year we were like, man, Kyle Dubas is doing great. And then we're like, Ken Holland's fucking up. And now this year we're kind of like Man, Ken Holland, look at you, bud. Like, way well,
0: to go, dude. Hold on, though. It took him three years to get there. right?
1: And he also kind of got a little bit lucky because Duncan Keith retired. It looks like Mike Smith's going to be on LTIR. The Vander Kane thing, I think no one was going to give him the payday he was looking for no. just with the... They don't want the baggage, man. Amount of baggage. And I do think it's interesting they gave him a four-year deal. Like, I'm kind of like... I'm willing to bet there are teams that are probably like, we'll give you a one-year deal. You can, you can be on your best behavior and see. Yeah. But good for Jack Campbell. I was also happy to see the Flyers got like a Flyers player and Nick Deloria. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> like, I hate saying that, but I'm like, the Flyers actually like kind of did something on brand here. Like you want to get tougher to play against. They got a John Tortorella player, but also like Nick Deloria, like cool. This is the Flyers player. I'm like, wow, they actually look like they're doing something here. And they got Tony D'Angelo, but fart sound like whatever.
0: I think it, I think they got way worse than they were last year.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Carolina got Brent Burns. That, I don't know and, about that. And Pacioretty for nothing. Nothing. Cause Vegas was over the cap and that kills me with Vegas. Cause it's like you're trading away somebody who is always going to get 20 goals yes. every year. You could pen him in, not pencil. You can use ink. Like, he's always going to get 20. Uh, The way I look at it is Carolina is going nuclear,
0: picking up all these guys, trying to go for it. And I don't know what the rest of their situation is contract-wise with players next year, but they're definitely going for it this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because they got Freddie... Freddie will be healthy and he's fine. Yeah, he'll be fine defense. They're still fine. And actually Brent Burns had 50 some points last year on a really bad San Jose team. Brent Burns is like, he's kind of a mutant. He like trains, like he's a psycho. He does like marathons and biking and swimming. Cause he's like all those sports. It's like mental toughness and you got to build a big engine. And he's, he's great. Like I like Brent Burns. I think he's cool. I'm actually kind of excited to see him out East. Yeah.
0: He's one of those players that's going to be good until he's like 50 years old. He's just yeah. going to keep playing. He's just going to be solid 50, 60 points a year until he's like 50 years old.
1: Yeah. Skates well, <laughs> smart, booming shot. Like, I mean, especially him too. Like he could help out some their, you know, some of their power play woes they had. Absolutely. Like kind of like he can get pucks through for the point, but also can set guys up like that'll be cool. Like good for cool. them. And
0: he's one of these players. He's one of these defensemen that plays the entire ice surface too. That's very evident on the power play where he will like drop down low and then come back up high. He'll be in front of the net. He'll, you know, he, he's all over the place. So it, it could definitely help them. And if Brent, if Rod, the bod knows how to use him.
1: Yeah. And the one thing I like about Brent Burns, uh, he's, Trying to think of like a defenseman comparable. The only one I could do is like a PK, like a younger PK Subban before some of the injuries. He can play tough. He can play a fast game. He can kind of play in front of the net, you know, just kind of mixing up in the corner. Brent Burns can, like you said, he can play every type of game all over the ice. It doesn't matter. Absolutely. PK Subban's still a free agent. We'll see what happens with that. I like PK, but I know we kind of joked, like maybe he moves to media. That'd be kind of cool. I mean,
0: He's got he he speaks well. He's got a great personality.
1: He's already made a bazillion dollars.
0: He's close to the modern game and the modern players. You know, we always rail on like the old heads, like uh, Messier and Chalios, right? Like on the ESPN, like PK Subban has played the modern game and and played very well. I I've always liked him, like you said. So he would be a good he would be a good analyst for sure. Depends on where he's at in his career, though. Maybe he thinks he still has it and wants to go get a cup. But who knows? You know who else is available?
1: Fill the thrill.
0: Nazim Kadri.
1: Well, Naz, yeah. As of <laughs> as of us talking, and when are we? Uh, Thursday morning. Naz is still waiting, so that'll be. I don't, and that's the thing. I don't
0: know where he signs now. Yeah, maybe all the maybe all the chess pieces are in place, right? And the only spot he has left is to stay with Colorado.
1: I don't know if but they have the dollars how, though.
0: How does that work, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: You could sign in Columbus. I think they still have a quite a bit of cap space. You could sign in Arizona. Yeah, they still got to hit the cap floor. Weird. <laughs> I saw I saw uh, speaking of like, you know, teams that have like a bunch of draft picks. I saw Slafkowski on the ice with uh pooling kind of for the uh canadians development that That was kind of cool i saw uh in seattle jesse campbell the assistant coach for the coachella firebirds she was on the ice and shane Wrights in warrior gear oh like no wonder you drop bud yeah cool was (laughs) in ccm and slofoski was in bauer so i was fine with that yeah so i'm i'm fine i'm fair with those choices but warrior like get out of here dude like No wonder you drop, bud. (laughs) God.
0: On that note, we'll wrap up one more beer number two here. Thanks for listening. Johnny, do you have anything to say to everyone before we
1: cut the show here? I wouldn't be floored if some trades are still going to happen. I would love to see Phil go to a team we like for a change. I love it. Yeah, fill the thrill. Book them anywhere on the East Coast. <laughs> I love it. Saying. Fill the thrill castle. <laughs> you heard yeah. heard it
0: here first. Is going to go to a team that we like. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. All right. Uh, thanks everyone for listening to one more beer bonus episode of beers in the lot. See ya.